Hello and welcome to the Restaurant Podcast, where we speak with chefs and restaurateurs from across the eating out sector on the key issues of the day. I'm Stefan Honka, and today I'm being joined by Geeti Singh Watson, owner of the Bull Inn in Totnes. Geeti, thanks for speaking with me. Let's start with the fact that hospitality businesses have now been allowed to reopen. What did you make of the government's announcement when you first heard it? Well, I, I mean, I, Boris had been um, testing the water for quite a long time, as, as, as he does. Rather than make a decision, he puts out this half statement so, people, so then he can gauge the reaction and then decide what to do. So we were beginning to imagine, you know, believe that that was probably what was going to happen. But 11 days' notice for the guidelines, it's, it's, it's just infuriating. You know, I have every sympathy with the fact they're dealing with an unprecedented pandemic, but actually you get a great sense that actually what they're dealing with is Brexit and kind of winging it on the pandemic. And it's, 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 um, it's quite hard to find the word for it, infuriating, profoundly depressing, um, absolutely outrageously shocking that, that, um, that they are, they appear to be so utterly blasé and, and, uh, believe that, um, uh, that they can uh, just wing it and not have proper solutions to things. So it's very depressing and incredibly hard. And and the the sense that we're ready to reopen on Saturday, it just isn't there. We we are the worst affected country in the first world, in the developed world. Why would we be so casually reopening? But we have no choice. How can we stand alone and not do it? We have to do. We we kind of have to follow the the whole system. You know, I'm in a small town in Ness. It really matters if if the businesses unilaterally decide not to open because it's going to really affect trade. And those few those ones that unilaterally or or, or follow the guidelines and decide to open are going to be affected by our decision not to open. Then on the other hand, there is hostility from the community about us opening a hotel and bringing people from off into, you know, who may be infected into an area that's actually very safe. It's a very, you know, we have a very low rate here in Devon. I think it could have been so much better thought out. I mean, my personal feeling is to open counties would be really interesting, just contain people in their counties for a while and see what happens. It'll be yeah. quite exciting for everyone in Devon just to holiday in Devon. It'll be a very bonding experience, actually. And whether we can sustain ourselves is something else, but we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves if we have to go into lockdown again. So my reaction to opening on the 4th of July is confusion, frustration, and um, feeling at sea and how we make the decision. And you're not reopening the bull quite yet. So what are your thoughts at the moment? So I'm spending quite a lot of time going to different towns, shops, getting a sense of how people are feeling about going out. And it, I have to say, it's not feeling brilliant. Mm-hmm. In the sense that it's not very busy. So how do you justify opening when you've got no trade? That's that's the major problem. But where you where I where you are out and where I am out and going and uh, getting some takeaway food or buying a few bits and bobs from the shops, the atmosphere is wonderful. It's really lovely and very positive, and people are very are really desperate to 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 get back to a bit of normality. But 
um, the uh, weak guidelines and guidance make it very, very hard. I mean, if we were told you must wear masks, um, uh, even that you must sanitize, you know, they're only guidelines. It's so minor, but it's ineffective. Mm. And are the government guidelines clear enough, do you think? They certainly haven't given us a set of guidelines that we can follow and implement. There are a set of guidelines that we have to interpret, and that's part of the problem with how the amount of time it takes to reopen. So we are, you know, we have to sit around as a group and decide what we are, what we feel we can implement, what we feel um, it, it's capable, we're capable of opening with and within. And of course, we all, there are differing opinions within it. And um, to not have very specific instructions means that we have to um, get buy-in from all our team of, of, as to what they are willing and not to do. So um, some of the chefs absolutely want to wear masks and some of them don't want to at all. They feel they're not going to be able to cope in the kitchen, which is completely understandable. I mean, I find it hard enough wearing a mask just walking around the shops, let alone working in a hot kitchen. Mm. So no. We, you know, if they were just black and white, if they could be much more stringent in their direction, it would be profoundly more helpful. I mean, they don't want to be completely dictated to. What I have found interesting is my own response to this, and that, and, and actually very heartening. I, I dislike this government immensely. I don't trust them one little bit. They lie continuously, Boris, and go uh, uh, just beyond a comprehension the amount of lies they'll spew out but actually my instinct and however much I detest them my instinct is to want to be part of this society that is working together to fix this problem so I am absolutely willing to do as I'm told by a government that I detest but mm -hmm. how can we if they're, if they're so completely vague and so apparently self-serving the fact that nannies and cleaners were one of the first people that were allowed to go back to work absolutely epitomizes this government, that they regarded that as such essential work for most households. I mean, really, where do they live? How are you going to open? I mean, do you have a date in mind? Have you got plans for what what the bull will look like when it reopens? Are you going to open? If you, you've got rooms, you can open them at the same time. Do you have you got that strategy in place yet, or is it still a work in progress at this time? We've decided we're going to open on the fifteenth of July. That's rooms and the dining downstairs, and there is an a certain amount of that that you know we, we still have to wait and see and test the water and see what it feels like. Um, thankfully, furloughs changed so that you can bring people on and off furlough part-time, otherwise it would be impossible. You know, the whole time running up to this, we're trying to fact think about how we can do it. And, and without the um, clear bits of information, you know, we, we only found that out, what, two weeks ago. So, it, you know, it changes everything. Everything shifts all the time. At the point where at two meters, you have to, sh there's one, there's a whole way that you're going to run your restaurant, and then they move it to one meter and you have to change it. The fact that we can take people on and off furlough part-time changes everything. So the amount of um, extra work that's had to, gone in, had to go into these indecisions is, is, as I said, you know, incredibly frustrating. But at one meter, preferably with outside seating, which we still don't have an answer from, obviously. Um, uh, we think we can open on the 15th of July and do a fairly 
decent trays. That's if people want to come out to eat. That's if the customers are there, if they feel safe, if people are traveling, because we haven't, we can't rely entirely on local trade. We need the tourism as well. And then where does that leave us in response to locals and how they feel with us bringing tourists into the area? It's 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 a double-edged edged sword. So we just have to keep keep trying, you know. And talking about how local people feel, I mean, this it's. It's taken a lot of consultation with our neighbours to agree, because uh, we, we don't want to, we have the right to put in an application to open outside seating, which we don't have, so it involves closing part of the road. Obviously, we have to consult with our neighbours about that. We don't want to end up with enemies all around us because they didn't want us to be there. So that's been quite a, a big process. And on the greater part, there's agreement. You know, they're very, very supportive. But we actually had an extraordinary incident yesterday where the licensing department called us and said, um, I just wanted to check and confirm that you want to cancel your application for outside seating. And we said, what? And they said, well, we've received a an email supposedly from you this morning Saying that, that's addressed to Devon County Council and Totnes Town Council and licensing, saying that we want to cancel our application because we don't need it anymore. Well, that's that's somebody impersonating us, trying to stop us doing what we're doing. It's it's an <laughs> absolutely uh, uh, fraught uh, comprehension trying to work out whether you whether we do actually open on the fifteenth or not. There's talk about the rest of this year being perfect for a staycation. I mean, being based in Totnes and a very popular holiday destination, uh, this must be heartening to hear that. If it's managed well by our government, it could be absolutely fantastic. I approve, mm. approve massively of people travelling within the country they live in. Our constant desire to explore the world is absolutely unsustainable and has to stop. Environmentally, the planet can't afford to have people popping all over the world as they feel, as and when they feel like it at a whim for a weekend. So I, I'm, I'm completely delighted by the prospect of people being encouraged to have staycations. Britain is an incredible country to explore. We, we really don't need to be going mm. elsewhere. I mean, of course, we all want to do it sometimes, but, but it has to be managed with the environment in mind. From, but we need very careful directive management by our government that makes everybody feel safe, the people in the community and the people traveling, and that is not what we have. Because we haven't tested properly, because we don't completely understand where the virus is and how it's spreading, because our government has not put the, the energy, the time, and the finances into it. Actually, the reality is, They've underfunded every single department that needs to, to, that needs to be uh, uh, able to manage a crisis like this so badly. This is the perfect storm. And in terms of learnings from this pandemic, obviously, this, it's, I, I'm, I'm talking as if it's over. It's, of course, it's, it's far from being over. We're still in it. Um, but what do you think some of the learnings might be for yourselves and for specifically the hospitality industry, you know, looking to the future. What what can we what can businesses like yourselves glean from from, from the last three or four months? Um, I think we've all, or the, a lot of us, have had a very interesting experience of slowing down and reviewing what life is like and what life can be like. And certainly halfway through the pandemic. 
um, I started to get very comfortable and on my farm in Devon and you know I was one of the lucky ones to just live in an extraordinary place and think why am I doing this with my life and as I began to think start to kick back in and think I've got to start focusing on reopening again I had two days where I was absolutely furious <laughs> I just didn't want to go back to that frantic lifestyle what I have found interesting is how much I, you know I do want it actually I don't want to sit around all day it's too boring it's fine for a while but the reality is that's not how I want to live but if we can take some of that some of the the life balance and apply that to how we exist as businesses and society, I think that would be an incredible learning to take from it. My philosophy has always been with running my businesses, which 23 years, this is my fourth pub, my first inn, um, is that I want it to be pleasurable for everyone. And that's, I want it to be pleasurable for me. I want it to be pleasurable for all my team and my suppliers. So everything that we're doing is contributing to the environment. That's very, very important. Everything we do, we consider how the impact it's having on the environment, but it's also the impact it's having on um, human beings and society, so how, we, how kind we are to each other. If people are content and happy and stimulated and feel they have some kind of purpose and mastery in their work, they're more likely to go home and be a, ha more, a happy and content person that you know, spreads around the family and society. So if we could take a bit of life balance from this and treating each other in a kinder and more supportive way, that would be incredible. But the other thing that I hope a lot of businesses will take from this is um, supply chain and how important it is to be using local suppliers and how re actually reliable they are. Our suppliers are, are still there able to, and would have been able to supply us all the way throughout this pandemic if we'd needed them to. Um, that certainly the small local independent shops where I shop never run out of anything because they're, they're on a, an immediate and short supply chain with local suppliers. Mm. And, and so, so to consider um, our resilience um, through how we're treating people and supply chain would be uh, a, a planetary changing um, response. And finally, what do you want to see happen in the future for the eating out sector? So the government needs to take action from that point of view. And I think the, the biggest thing they could address is rents and actually tackle how much the hospitality industry is charged by people who are just sitting on property. And uh, and nearly always on a fully repairing lease. So we pay to repair the buildings while the landlords just reap in the money and while we're trying to eke a, a tiny margin of profit out of it while employing a hell of a lot of people, whereas somebody renting a building doesn't really employ anyone. You know, I mean, it's just at such an unfair waiting. And so... And they've talked very little. They've had very little talk from this self-serving government on how they might deal with landlords, which is very depressing. But one thing they proactively could do, is, for example, is um, use rates to reward people who are operating their business in a green way. So if, you've, you know, if you're, all your energy comes from a, a green energy supplier, then you could have rates reductions if 30% of your produce was organic or or local or even British, you know, whatever percentage it was, we could be rewarding people with rates, discounts. Somebody goes into employee ownership. So there's so much the government could do to motivate 
the sector to change in a really healthy and constructive way and become mm-hmm. world-leading in, in operating in a way that's planetary-friendly. That was the Restaurant Podcast. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.